When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. Hello, there is only one daily Premier League podcast in the world and you've found it. Well done you. This is Football Social Daily where we pick through the latest news from the best football league in the world every single day of the season. Today on the podcast we are going to be asking who's the best around, nothing ever going to keep you down. In other words, we're going to be looking at how many of FIFA's the best awards from last night. We'll be heading back to the Premier League and what we made of the decisions not to give any of them to anyone involved in Manchester City. The big boys are entering the Caribou Cup tonight in the third round, so we're going to see if we can spot any upsets in that competition. And we knew it was bad at Manchester United right now, but we didn't know exactly how bad it was. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a worse record at Old Trafford than David Moyes. That's the latest stat that's come out. We're going to drill down into those figures and work out exactly how significant they are. That's all coming up in the podcast and in the sports social studio to discuss that today. We've got Ant McGinley. Hello. Steve McNaughton. Hiya. And Marley Anderson. You Hello. Like a boy band. <laughs> Stand up Steve for the McNaughton. Well, you it... sounded so masculine. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to bring a bit of a you know, light to it. <laughs> right, so let's kick off with the big flash, seemingly destined just to wind everyone up. FIFA's the best awards. Before we get on to the coach of the year, which was won by Jurgen Klopp, and let City fan Ant slog it out with Steve, our Liverpool fan, let's look at the team of the year. And I know when this was leaked around 4pm ahead of the big ceremony yesterday, Marley, you were already calling it out and saying yeah. it was a load of rubbish. Yeah, because these things get leaked every every year just before, you know, a few hours before they're actually announced. And they're all, like, this year was complete bollocks. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like they've got 11 guys and thought, right, we need to squash them into a, a formation here because, mm. like, not only were they not the, there's two issues I've got with it. So you, One, like, you want it to be, so when you've got your four at the back, you want there to be a left back and a right back. Yeah, two I want it to yeah, be absolutely. an actual team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not so, four centre-halves. Yeah, because, I mean, they had... Delict, uh, delict at right back, and then Van Dijk and Ram, um, Van Dijk and Ramos, and then Marcelo at left back. Mm. Like two issues with that. One, I don't think Delict plays a game at right back last season. He started, I think, he, when he got into the, the Ajax team, he started off there sometimes, 
But then he was all always centre back last season, hence why he got a move to sixty-seven million to go to Juventus. Yeah, and I think it's, it's quite a sort of shows a lack of footballing knowledge to think of it as the same role. And we've seen so many yeah. times when you move somebody either way from right back yeah. into like City have got the problem at the minute moving walk around. It doesn't. You can't just slot over. Yeah, you can't even move from like left centre back to right centre back. It's like it's it's a genuine like thing in in actual football. Like if if for example like. The best eleven had put, you know, Van Dijk at right centre back when he plays left centre back at Liverpool. That's not really an issue because it's still centre back. They just use fancy to move an entire rules, position, though, haven't they? Yeah. They just yeah. use you need a set of defenders, a set of midfielders, and a set of attackers, and it doesn't matter whether yeah. they play or play together well or gel as a team or anything like that. Yeah. What and I think they should do is is to do this. They should actually get the team and make them play a game. The question is, who do they play against? <laughs> Because right. they're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's look at the full team. So yeah. Allison in goal, De Litt, Van Dijk, Ramos, Marcelo at the back, De Jong, Hazard, Modric making up a three-man midfield. That's another issue. Ronaldo, Modric is in and out that Real Madrid team as well, isn't yeah. he? Ronaldo, yeah. Messi, and Mbappe all playing up front. And I'm going to make a controversial shout of a can. Raheem Sterling should have been in ahead of Mbappe. Ooh, yeah, you're just saying that some nice about Liverpool players. No, no, I just genuinely believe the form that Raheem Sterling is in yeah. and has been in last season and has continued it into this season makes him a shoo-in for that. Well, it is from last season, isn't it? It's an assessment of last season rather but the, but than But then here's season. the problem. No, that's, exactly, that's exactly what you said there. It's an assessment of last season, right? And who is the most representative team in that squad? Real Madrid. All right, mm. you've got Hazard who's come over, right? So really they've got three, but they've got twice as many players in there as Barcelona. Barcelona, who won La Liga last season. Real Madrid, who's commonly agreed by everybody, had the worst season mm. this century that they've had. They came third. The only trophy that they won was the FIFA World Club, Club Championship, Championship thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. which involved them playing two games against Kashima Antlers and the mighty Al Ain from the United Arab Emirates. Ooh. That was the only piece Tough of place silverware. To go, like. yeah, well, no, the, and the thing is, that they've got four players in there, the biggest representation. Mm. And so... If it's supposed to be the team of this season, why are they there? Now, th- let's look at who they are. They're great players. They are great players. You you would have them, and when you look at that squad, you've got great fantasy football team, great FIFA team if you're playing on your Xbox. But in terms of last season, what did they do? Mm. Yeah, it's ridiculous as well. Like, you know, it, it's a similar thing with Delict at right back. You know, they put, they put Hazard in a, a midfield three. Like Hazard's not a midfielder; he's a winger, isn't he? But he should take one of those front three. Yeah, berths. but they thought, oh, we've got to have Mbappe because he was great and he's the next big thing. Who and, was incidentally? And we've, we've got to have Messi and Ronaldo. Who else can we have? Oh, we. Oh, what about Hazard? He had a he had a good season, which is arguable. Yeah. Did he have mm-hmm. a good season? Hazard. He, he had a good season, but not not better than Sterling, not better than no. Bernardo Silva, who's the one who should be absolutely pissed off by it's this very, whole thing. It's very difficult to judge individual players away from their teams, I guess, which is the challenge here, and probably why it's been a slight downfall of City being included, because City are such a team. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to separate them into their component parts, and maybe it's the reason that Aguero constantly gets overlooked in these things, despite scoring goals, because... It's a team. That, the problem that, that the likes of Aguero's got is the fact that, that we're in an area where Lionel Messi and Christi, Cristiano Ronaldo are mm. just getting picked every year anyway. Ronaldo, regardless. who didn't even turn up to the awards ceremony, by the way, despite only living an hour away because he knew he wasn't going to win. <laughs> he was just sat on his <laughs> sofa with up. his footstool reading a book, wasn't he, while his kid was at uh, the desk yeah. seeing a picture on Instagram. But what's quite interesting for me, you've got Kylian Mbappe up there with, with uh, Messi and Ronaldo. But when you look at the rankings, he actually comes sixth. 
Really? As yeah. well, in it, yeah, because the top Ma- five very Mane quickly. and Salah were in the top Man, um, Salah was fourth and Mane was fifth. Now, I'm not saying they should be in there because I said that started a podcast. I think Raheem, Raheem Sterling should have got the nod. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes a mockery that by the voting people who were allowed to vote for it, he's actually been sixth. No denying yeah. his talent, no denying that he's going to be a superstar, very young player who knows where the onion bag is. Uh, yeah. But. I just think it's just so flawed. It's untrue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the problem is, is there's always going to be any award ceremony. You're going to come in because it's people's opinions and you're kind of going to come in and you go, well, that's it. and I understand that all the time, like the Oscars is the next big one that's going to come up and you go, well, I didn't like that film. Mm. I loved it, you know, but this is not down to a matter of opinion. And it's about like well, what, what you've actually. Exactly well, what it no, is. It's, it's not purely opinion because you've got to look at success. Now, actually one thing that could count against Raheem Sterling, if, if you look at the goals that he scored, and he scored a lot, a lot. of goals last season, yeah. great. But most of them were part of team movements, and they were in the six-yard box, and they were tappings. They weren't necessarily great Worldies. highlight goals in terms of him as a player. They were great goals to watch as a team, but him as an individual, arguably, I could have stuck them away, right? And so ambition mixed up with ability. <laughs> yeah. Big, big yeah. argument that <laughs> I play football with you, Dan. <laughs> Let's so, look at the Premier League as a whole, though, rather than just Raheem Sterling. Because if you look at the Premier League's success last season, with two teams in the Champions League final, two teams in the Europa League final, obviously the Premier League team won both of those competitions. So English football was the dominant force in Europe. It's very difficult to argue against that. Yet two English players or two players based, based in England, in England yeah. featuring that team in Hazard and Van Dyke. They've ignored oh, Alison vast well. sw- and Alison as well, three players. So they've ignored vast swathes of the Premier League, despite them being Champions League winners, despite them being Champions League runners up, and despite people like, as you said Marley earlier, Bernardo Silva winning three domestic competitions, winning the Nations League, being ah, Nations League pl- Four domestic. Oh, we're counting the Community Shield. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. to, to be honest, Ronaldo counts the uh, Supercoppa, and that's basically the, the Italian. Exactly, and that's, yeah. that's not even played in Italy. <laughs> they, yeah. they play it abroad. But even for Bernardo Silva, playing in the Nations League, being player of the tournament at the Nations League, outperforming Ronaldo in the final, as you say, he will feel robbed not to be in that team, and certainly not in like the front runners for the player of the season as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're judging it on who had the best season. There isn't a player in the world who won six trophies, like and he did. So mm. if you're looking and, at it like that, you know. And also, you've got to look at other things like Ronaldo. Like, didn't exactly have the best season he off got, the field. Was it 21 with, goals in? in I Juventus. mean, he, he still scored. He got um, 28 goals in 43 games, which yeah, is not bad for his first season. Slashing. It's still amazing, <laughs> yeah. but by his standards, he's, he's still yeah, the and, and the thing is, he, he had those moments, those hat tricks, those games where he changed the game, and he still has that power. And whatever you feel about Ronaldo, not everybody likes him. He's still an incredible player, and that's why Juventus spent so much money on him. And that's you know, he he brought them the the championship but they really want the, the Champions League like and so the Italian Super Cup and was top goal scorer in the league and he helped win the Nations League yeah. so. so when you look at it statistically statistically he was better than Bernardo he's a compatriot so obviously there's that but Bernardo did win more trophies mm-hmm. although then there is another side to Ronaldo Ronaldo was sent off in his first um, Champions League game for Juventus for violent conduct and oh and the, then it got overruled as well didn't it yeah, yeah. So the, against Valencia so the thing is, it's kind of like, well, you know, what what is it about? Is it about them as a as a as a as a influence on the world? Because then definitely Raheem Sterling should be in in Absolutely. terms of what he's, he's dealt with as well. And I think 
if if you're looking as an organisation trying to bring football around, and you looked at Megan Rapinoe's speech, which is one of the best speeches I've heard for a long time. She's she, a class she act. Named, yeah, and she name-checked him there. And, and Along with Kula Bali as well, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, and all those things. And, and actually called people out and said, actually, it shouldn't be them doing it. We should all be doing that. Mm. You can't start factoring in moral high ground when you're picking the best football players of all time. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have Mother Teresa up front alongside Messi or something like that. I don't know. I think there's, there's, there's probably a, a an incline. Ronaldo, that's yeah. it. <laughs> there's probably an incline of, of, of something where when you're looking at, it's called best FIFA players and, mm. and best of, of the best. I think there's got to be something like that factored into it. The force for good that Sterling and, and Koulibaly have been, I think, you know, the, even if they got like some kind of merit mention for it, mm. you know, they, yeah. they, they have spearheaded the attack on what is a really serious issue and a sad issue which depresses everyone when it happens, I think. I think as well, you, you mentioned like this being a FIFA Awards last night. We like we mentioned before about um, two English teams getting to the Champions League final and two English teams getting to the Europa League final. They're UEFA competitions. Mm. They're not FIFA competitions. Yep. So this is probably why they've gone, right, let's pick someone else. Let's pick our, our favourites because... If you, they can't, FIFA can't judge UEFA's mm. competitions on who's done well in UEFA competitions because they're essentially like the sort of rivals, and it's like UEFA when when the UEFA things come along, they're gonna pick them anyway. Yeah, yeah but this so is, just these, these are financial institutions. Yeah, since, than yeah else. since the split as well, a lot of, of the on on All these players, well. all the players in the FIFA Pro Eleven are based in Europe. There's nobody from outside of Europe. Just, well, a, no. just a quick question. I think that's that I fair enough, though, because the European League is far and away oh, it's better than any, anything else, else in the world. Anyway, before we move on, because we do need to move on, let's talk about Coach of the Year, because that was won by Jurgen Klopp. Get in. Ahead of Pep Guardiola. Where was Steve Bruce? Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Got a City fan and a Liverpool fan in the studio here. So I thought I'd give you boys 30 seconds each to make your cause, because I don't know whether giving it to Jurgen Klopp was the right decision. He won the... Champions League but he was runner up in the Premier League obviously to a dominant City side who blew everyone away with their football and won the domestic treble so you've just done City's pitch there you go <laughs> so we've got 30 seconds put each. the laptop away on me and Marley can decide whether it was the right decision or not okay oh, which, thank you for which one of you wants to go well, you can go first Steve yeah. as you, as I'll tell you what it won't take 30 seconds because um, has conspiracy got F-I-F-A in it uh, I think <laughs> the problem is with, with Pep and, and, and Klopp is that it's literally it's a, it's a flip of a coin isn't it you know whichever way your bread's buttered I think what I'm getting from it is that if you win the Champions League you're probably in with a shout of getting that trophy um, where they've not looked at Pep's achievements domestically. Klopp, amazing coach, uh, amazing man manager. The level that he pushes players to when they do sign and make the jump up to Liverpool is thoroughly impressive. He's a coach that keeps evolving. And I think the journey that he's took Liverpool that's on time in three seasons that's is it, that's miraculous. It. We can't count any of those final five words. Bolt Klopp! <laughs> and are you ready to go? I am. I think you could take everything that Steve just said and apply that to Pep Guardiola as well. But then in the circumstances, I think what they've done is they've sat around and gone, you know what? Klopp might not win anything ever again. So let's give it to him now. <laughs> Highly unlikely, my friend. <laughs> Sympathy <vote. laughs> yeah. You know, it's that thing they sometimes do at the Oscars and they go, he's done really well, but he's not looking, he's not looking like he's going to be around next So year. that was like, so, Klopp's yeah. the Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Taking all that into account, Marley, was the right decision made? Should Jurgen Klopp have won it over Guardiola? Um, personally, I'd have gone for Guardiola. Shock. Just because I think he won, he, he won, he won many things, didn't he? You know, mm. it's hard to compete on all these different 
fronts, um, as well going out of the Champions League to to a conspicuous VAR and also, decision. But also not complaining about it as well, which took a lot. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it, there isn't much between him. I like Klopp, but I just think Guardiola. I'd I, I, I've, I, if, if Guardiola had won it last night, I wouldn't have had any complaints mm. about it. You know, let's mm. let's be brutally honest about it. He, he, he is a class act. I think when when Jurgen and, and Pep do leave the Premier League, I think it's going to be a much lesser place without them. And I think we're living in great times. And I think we've just got to embrace the two best coaches in world football for me. Well, I'm sure Pep will take some solace in the fact that we have given him a token award, even if he didn't win the best award last night. He's going to come into the office tomorrow to collect know, his yeah. dish that we've got. <laughs> All like D-squared up to the max. <laughs> well, from the glamour of the best awards last night, we're going to move on to the glamour of the Carabao Cup, which is into the third round tonight with some of the Premier Exciting. League big boys going into that <laughs> tournament. We're going to try and spot some upsets in that competition next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Don't forget you can get our Sports Social Alexa skill where you can get daily team updates on your team plus match reports on every single match in the Premier League. All you need to do is find your Alexa and say open Sports Social and choose your team. Right now though, we're going to talk about the Carabao Cup, the big Hitters have entered the competition. All the Premier League teams are now involved. Tonight, there are a few fixtures. I want to know if there's any upsets on the cards with these games tonight. Here are the fixtures that are taking place. Arsenal versus Forest. Colchester versus Tottenham. Luton Town versus Leicester City. Portsmouth versus Southampton. Preston North End versus Manchester City. Wednesday versus Everton. And Watford versus Swansea. If you were going to pick one game that you think there might be an upset from that little lot... Who are you going for? Marley Anderson. <laughs> Watford. Watford getting turned over by Swansea. Mm. Um, well, well, they'll be looking for a reaction as a result of the yeah. City game at the weekend where they conceded eight goals, yeah. three of them within 19 minutes, was it, or something like that? Five, it was five, was it no, within, five, within five within 18, I think it was. So um, they'll need a reaction, but you don't think they're going to get it against Swansea? Yeah, I just think... Um, Look, they'll they'll write off that Man City result as as quickly as could happen to anyone. That one, yeah, that to be fair, there are a lot of teams that City can beat eight 0 To be honest, and it um, followed off the back of a decent performance against Arsenal as well, where they came back from two 0 down. They did, yeah. So they'll be thinking, right, let's put this right. Um, but Swansea, Swansea are a good side. They're they're towards the top end of the Championship. I don't know, are they still top? Swansea, no, I think Leeds are top. Aren't I think they? Le- right. So either way, they're right at the top. They play proper football, and it's not a test. It's not like a one of them scrappy championship sides that'll physically, you know, give you a challenge. Mm. They're an actual pass inside, kind of like Man City, um, but obviously not as good. So I th- I just think it's a really tricky one, and it's the most evenly matched as well. Um, so I think Watford could struggle again. And who are you picking? You know what? I'm just looking around, and this is going to sound really weird being a City fan, but the upset for me is that Preston are only 25-1 to 1 to beat Man City. The form that City are in at the minute, you would expect that to be a lot higher than that. Um, and yes, you know, obviously City have had uh, trouble occasionally when they've hit bumps on the road. Like, you don't have to go too far back to see them get knocked out of the FA Cup by Wigan. And obviously, you know, recently when they were on the road at home, going to somewhere Pep had never been to before at Norwich... That didn't turn out too well. I don't think there's going to be a problem there. So I'm actually going to look... Preston scoring goals at the moment. Well, yeah, and and City are struggling at times at the back. Preston's third in the championship. 14 goals already this season. 
Yeah, so I th- I think there has to be some caution, and I think don't be surprised if Pep doesn't throw in a full squad of youngsters. Although to be fair, you know we did have um, the likes of Jesus and uh, Raheem Sterling who had a complete rest on Saturday, mm. so they're going to be champing at the bit as well as other young players to come through. Phil Foden tipped to be playing a full game as well, uh, but I as think- he is every single game pretty much, <laughs> whereas he never even makes the bench. Um, I I think the upset is going to come at Hillsborough. I think. Oops. Oh, you've just pinched my one. Yeah, honestly though, like. Um, Everton lost at home to Sheffield United they're playing the other Sheffield team tonight and something's not right there and this this could be the end for Silver Go on then Steve we talked about this on yesterday's podcast and we had an Everton fan on who was adamant that Marco Silva wasn't under that kind of pressure but I just think as Ant says lose tonight to Sheffield Wednesday lose at the weekend to Manchester City you'll get pumped 5-0 against Manchester City and the writing's starting to be on the wall for Marco Silva yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I think if you remember back to our podcast in summer when we were basically filling in, you know, before the season started, and I said that, that Marco Silva will be under immense pressure by November, uh, which that is seems to be happening. I just think you can't spend the level of cash that Marco Silva has spent at Everton or that club has spent pre him with Koeman, etc. as well, mm. and, and not be under pressure. Uh, I think Sheffield Wednesday will beat them, like Answer said. I think there's an upset there because they're not a bad side, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, in the championship. Um, I just think he, he, it just can't carry on because Everton, they've got plans to move to a new ground. That's uh, you know started. They're spending shitloads of cash. Um, they've bought, I don't think they've bought particularly wisely. I think they've gone out, I mean, it will be on deadline day for 35, 40 million quid. Don't get that at all. I just think that Silva is is on borrowed time, nerd, and I think it's just that merry-go-round that goes round at Everton where they, they take these managers in, pay the compensation, spend a shitload of money, it doesn't work, and then they go again. And it's it's a it's a habit that's got to be broken. And I think I don't think he'll be in a job in six weeks' time. I think he'll be certainly needs to turn results around. Desperately. If he's gonna be anyway. They're not gonna get anything off City at the weekend. No. I don't think. I think City, because they got beat at Norwich, if they had another five minutes, they probably would have equalised at least Mm. at Norwich. Let's be, Mm. you know, honest about it. I think that they'll they'll score a few goals on on at the weekend against well, Everton. I think the the thing is when you look at even that Norwich game, I think Norwich had three or four shots on target and scored three goals. City had fifteen and only got the two. And so I think fifteen shots on target against Everton is going to give you a greater return. I think they'll because we, we've got question marks over Pickford. We've all said I think we've all yeah, said yeah. that on the po- on the podcast. He got nutmegged at the weekend, didn't he? By Moussa went straight through his legs. That it, which is goal. just ridiculous, at, you know, at this level. But I think yeah, I think I'm going to go for two 0 to Sheffield. Wow. Okay. I'm going to look at Arsenal versus Forest. I think that could be a little bit of an upset. Forest mm. doing reasonably in the championship. They are the Liverpool of the championship in terms of it's always their year and they never quite make it up. <laughs> but they're in- we got a <laughs> champions, Super Cup winners. You know, we're, we're off to Qatar in December. What, what have you, you done recently? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is with that, Emery likes a cup competition. And I can see him going quite far. I just think they're so dodgy at the back at the moment, Arsenal. I think their form in the Premier League is false. I think they're so lucky to be in that top four because they are playing badly. They're conceding goals for fun. And that's, I think that's championship winning away. form, that is. <laughs> Socrates, Socrates and, and David Luiz as their centre-back pairing is disastrous. Oh, yeah. They are fucking terrible. You're going to give uh, the opposition a So teams are going to score. They're not going to keep clean sheets, Arsenal. Yeah. Decent keeper. Yeah. I like Burn Leno. Yeah. I like some of the players that they've got. But yeah, you might be right. On my my, my favourite thing with Socrates as well is he seems to have no idea when he's fucked it up. I thought you said <laughs> when he's on the pitch. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's the thing that like, every time he's made a mistake, he has no awareness that it was his mistake. It just seems to start pointing the finger at everyone. Yeah, and starts it, I, yelling. I, I'd love to be in there and see like when they sit back and watch the video afterwards. If he's still that adamant about he's, it, he's just probably sat yeah. at the back with his popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> There's some kind of Socrates Greek philosopher joke in there, but I can't quite work it out at the moment. Let's talk about the, what's the word I'm looking for? The respect of the Carabao Cup. How important is this competition for teams like, so I'm talking about Arsenal, Spurs and Everton, the ones I've picked out, because they're three teams that I think could be considered under pressure at the moment. And we've just said, despite Arsenal's league form, a lot of fans aren't warming to Emery, they don't want him at the club. Spurs are struggling, there's something wrong there. Everton, we've talked about their form at the moment. How much weight do you put in something like the Caribou Cup, which essentially could be that much-needed boost you need as a team to get you up there, but at the same time, could be a distraction, could cause injuries, could be the final nail in the coffin if you get a bad result? The teams that you mentioned there, like certainly Tottenham, I think their focus will be very much on on our top four finishing and the Champions League, because when they get a decent Champions League run going... It does bring a feel good, you know, factor back. I think Arsenal probably fancied the chances of getting to Wembley and winning it. Um, you know, if he takes it seriously, Everton just can't see them getting to Wembley and winning a trophy. Um, and the other two, uh, you know, Man and Ant's team just cannot take it seriously. They've got too much on. Well, you say that. I mean, the way Guardiola has approached it since he came, he's taken it very seriously, especially in the last two seasons. And you look especially at the teams he was putting out against Burton in the semi-final last year as well, and the fact that he kept going and playing them as if they were playing Watford. Um, And maybe that's changed it slightly. But in terms of, I think the competition's changed as well. And when when you said about upsets in this competition, for me, the biggest upset is that they no longer seem to do the draw in a supermarket or like at three in the morning <laughs> on Twitter or something. Because that was happening when, when the caribou came in and started sponsoring. What, I think they Because they're an Asian company, aren't they? Aren't they? They're, they're an Asian energy drink, aren't they? Yeah, yeah Singapore, I think they're from. Right. Um, but yeah, no, they are, they're still doing a bit stupid. Shit like yeah. That. So commercially, that's will, why they're doing it at that time. Yeah, nothing will ever beat the Scottish Cup draw of Rod Stewart. Oh, when he was absolutely. Wankered. Anyone listening to the podcast who hasn't, <laughs> just Google Rod Stewart Scottish Cup draw, and it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Every it's, time I see it, if I'm having the shittest draws. day ever, if I watch that, I am laughing like an absolute <laughs> child. It is so funny. He's good, he's, he's good value when he's pissed. He's amazing. <laughs> he's Although, better when he's pissed. I'd like to make a pitch for Ashley Cole to do all cup draws. After oh his yeah, Espanya. Uh, (laughs) right we've got one more topic to cover and that is Manchester United we all know they're having a terrible season at the moment we all know that feature length episodes pressure is yeah pressure's on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the moment but an interesting stat came out about David Moyes versus Solskjaer and the stats are not favourable as far as Ole's concerned so in terms of goals at the same stage in their Manchester United careers Moyes had scored 30, Solskjaer had got 16. Goals against, 16 for Moyes, 24 for Solskjaer. And a win percentage, 58% for David Moyes, 29% for Solskjaer. Wow. It's, when you look at the stats like that, it just makes it seem much worse than I thought it was for Solskjaer at Manchester United. And we, I don't, I kind of said originally, he'll be gone by Christmas. And I'm kind of not sure that's the case now because I think he will get time to rebuild and he's had this model of bringing in young, talented players that looks like it's going to continue in the January transfer window, talking about getting long stuff from Newcastle still, that rumour's doing the rounds. But he kind of fits that mould. So I wonder, 
whether he'll be given more time to rebuild. But then how much time does he get to rebuild? Because we're looking at five seasons probably till Manchester United get to that level they want to be at. He's not going to get five seasons. That's if the others don't improve as well. (laughs) Yeah, this is it. He's not going to get five seasons. How many windows does he get to rebuild Manchester United before the axe falls? I think he gets next summer. I thought he would have been gone by Christmas like you when he come in. But I think even though they took a pound in at the weekend on Sky because they got beat by West Ham, mm-hmm. your boys, which yeah. congratulations on that, Jim, Thanks. by the way. It's the first time we've been in the studio since. I'm <laughs> jo- delighted for you. Jose Marino saying after that game as well that he thought Manchester United were worse now than when he was in charge. I think there's probably like, something You bought all that. these players, mate. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, he kind of had a point. But I think the reality is it now looks like Jose has actually slightly overachieved at Man United when he was there mm. because he, he, you know, they won a couple of trophies when he was there Europa mm. League and I think they won did they win the FA Cup or Carabao Cup which one was it FA, FA, FA Cup wasn't it FA Cup, yeah. so he's won trophies while he's there and he's got a squad of players that are beyond distinctly average you know to, to a level where, where they have been successful um, I just think with, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer it's a project I think I think the reality is setting in at Man United now of, mm. of how far away they are uh, from from certainly a top four position uh, in in this in in our league, um, they can't sack him at the minute because they've got to stick with him. He's their appointment. Um, they've got to kind of give him the tools to be successful, and he can't do it in one window. He's going to have to do it in three or four windows. That's the reality of it. So unfortunately, the position that Man United are in now. They're going to have to lump it for the time being. They are going to lose games like at West Ham away, Crystal Palace at home. That's going to be part of the season for them. But I think if they do stick with him, I think he might kind of be able to get them to crack the top four at some point. What do you reckon the tipping point is? So in terms of him getting the sack, how far down man can the league can Manchester United go before they go, well, we don't want to I, make I a I think it could be a result. To. Can you imagine if... They had a derby game where we had a similar result with City and Watford. They did to Arsenal, didn't they? Eight two. Mm. Mm. I I I think I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to, and they they can't sack him. I agree with you on that, but I agree for a completely different reason. They can't sack him because he's their only fit striker. <laughs> 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 and that's, but the, and I, I I have a slight conspiracy theory as well about where this stat has come from, where it suddenly like come up from. Is this actually David Moyes has got a new PR team <laughs> and he's looking for a job and so they've suddenly put that out? And could we actually see, like, if he goes, who do they get in? Well, this is a question that was being discussed in the Sports Social office yesterday. And it was, who would take, what serious managerial candidate would take the Manchester United job at the moment? Because it feels like a poison chalice, but at the same time, it is Manchester United. And as terrible as they are, they have a reputation and they have a great big wadge of cash to give someone as well. So could you see a serious managerial, one of the big names, taking the job like a Pochettino, for example? Uh, yeah, I could. Um, I think their stock has to fall pretty dramatically for the next five or six years before managers start looking at that and saying, I don't. Because mm. managers, uh, single-minded guys, they think they can get any team out of anything because they believe in themselves. Mm. It's that kind of mentality they've got like Max, Maximilian Allegri is out of a job at the minute he would fancy that if I think if you say right look Manchester United fans would not fancy that yeah, but Man United fans could, haven't got a, much of a choice if they, got, if they get rid of Solskjaer <laughs> so sorry beggars can't be choosers mm. I think the problem is um, expectation though as well not not just from the, the, the fans and everybody now but also like over the last five years because let's be honest 
replacing Ferguson was always going to be an impossible job. That's why he went when he did. Mm. You know, I don't think it was ill health that forced him. You know, it's the reason why he went. Uh, was it 2013 he went? It was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he probably could have done it for another two or three years. And I think he's probably thought, shit, there's a massive rebuilding job to do with this squad. And he here. kept on pushing it back. And he, he, kept, yeah. he saw it so coming. So he's maximised the opportunity that they had with that current crop of players. Mm. But like I've just said, I just think for now, you know, they've got to lump it. You know, mm. Man, Man City went through the absolute mill, uh, what, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. Mm. Um, you know, with but the fans stuck with it. They believed in the mission and, and the rest is history. Liverpool have done it and I think Chelsea have done it and I think Tottenham have tried to do it without matching it but United are going to have to suck it for a bit. Now we know the job at hand. Now we know the rebuild that had to be done at Manchester United. It is clear as anyone to see. Was David Moyes given a bit of a hard time? He was a sacrificial lamb. Should he have stayed? No. Do you think they'd be in a better position now if he was five years into his contract? No, not at all. No, because with Moyes the, the issue was he couldn't play decent football. If you look at his Everton side, they were very physical mm. and they were very route one and direct. And Everton's biggest success came when they were playing Marouan Fellaini as a number 10 and they hoofed it up to him and he chested everything down like he does and just muscles everyone out of it. And either Yakubu or Beckford or whoever, Inichibi, whoever they had up front at the time would put it in mm. or Cahill, Tim Cahill. And it was like that style was never going to get you much time at Man United because the fans were like, hang on, we've gone from bloody... Fast wingers, two strikers, dynamic attacking, counter-attacking football to this direct... To and Fellaini. Yeah, <laughs> so it's what, it's what you want then, isn't it? Do you want to win your games 2-1 every week or do you want to play attractive football and get picked off by, by better teams? Exactly. Can, can we just point out as well that you know th- this is like, from a United point of view, it's crisis, but you step out of it and it's not like from a Sunderland point of view. You know, they, they they were up up in the Premier League not so long ago. They've gone down, they've gone down. They've Damn. had all the troubles that I've, uh, they've struggled with that. Again, Moyes was connected to that. That's not the reason why I brought it up. But just relatively, like United, they're still in the Europa League. They're still in the top. I think the problem is, 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 yeah, it, but it's the expectation. And the thing is, you, you have to learn. And I think City fans have come the other way. Right? Anybody who's been a City fan for a decent amount of time, like the Norwich game, for example, right? I was like, we lost... It was a great game. It was a really great game. And actually, as the song goes, we never win at home and we never win away. You know, And that's the mentality is there. And I am fully appreciative of what we've got at the minute. And I think what you said earlier about right now, a special time with City and Liverpool the way they are, it is. I, I don't know. I don't think we're going to end up with a kind of um, Scottish Premier League no. with two teams at the top. I just think this is a, a microcosm for a few seasons. Yeah. But what happens is that power shifts and that power changes. It used to be with Chelsea. Leicester came Completely. from nowhere. Arsenal were there again. United have just dropped out of it and it's really difficult mm. to get back into it as, as Tottenham are finding out. Tottenham are trying to get in there and it's so hard. They're always flirting, flirting with fourth, yeah. aren't they, Tottenham? Yeah. And, you know, they get they're, themselves in a position and drop off. And, yeah. and their time might come. Mm. It might not. And United might come back, but they might not. Mm. I think United need a few factors to go their way for them to be in that that you know the top of the tree again in this country. You've got to rely on City, Liverpool dropping off in some way, shape, or form, yeah. which may happen when Pep goes to to Pastures New and when Jurgen goes. If Jurgen's going in two and a half seasons, that might be kind of where Liverpool have to regroup and, and have a little bit of a rebuild themselves. But Chelsea can sign players again next season. Mm. Uh, you know, with with Frank Lampard, who isn't doing a particularly bad job with what mm. he's got. Mm. Uh, Tottenham might have a new manager in charge then, and then Levy might go actually go and have a couple of hundred million quid to spend next summer. So they're improving again. Arsenal will always sign players. They'll pull these deals out like Pepe, you know, where they've paid 75 million for Pepe. So United are relying on all these different teams not doing that 
and fallen off a little bit. So it's it's a massive job. There's also an element of FFP needs to change because well, of the like, amount of investment that needs to be put into that. They spent United 900 million. Well. I don't know if you saw this, but United today have an announced record profits of 651 have million. Have they? Well, yeah. they can stick that on an open top <laughs> bus and drive through the city centre at some point. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is it from Football Social Daily for today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. There'll be another one tomorrow and we'll see you then. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.